I was under thy weather, and uh, and so um, I seem distant this morning. It's either a because I really just don't want to talk to you, or I'm actually keeping my distance. So you can decide which of those two it might be, um, and it could be both. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's good to be here. Um, as usual, uh, there's like so much going on in the world, you know, and I feel like now we're in this particular season of just like people being, or like things being uncovered or, or found out, uh, and that sort of thing, you know, it seems like every other day there's someone else sort of like found out for who they really are, what they've done, uh, right, or that, that they are uh, less than uh they, we thought that they were, right? You know what I'm saying? And, and more, more than not, it's, it's been a guy, you know, uh, some man has been found out to be, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's news, uh, you know, particularly because these people, uh, we've already sort of put them on a pedestal, right? You know, we've already sort of lifted them up. There are already people who are sort of on stage somewhere, you know, be it, uh, uh, you know, uh, a CEO or a broadcaster or something like that, and so it's sort of a long way down. It's sort of a it's sort of a big fall uh, this morning. So uh, so who here uh, who here is the one with the most secrets? Raise your hand this morning. We take a quick. Did you guys tally in your group? You know, uh, between Josh and Laura, maybe I don't see Josh as a big secret keeper, even though maybe a personal person. Uh, but any other big big secreters this morning? You know. Anybody have secrets? Uh, anybody want to share any secrets? You know, we should do... What do you guys think about Kaleo having just like a general confession to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. This is, this is, they get away with this in like big Catholic churches, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't recognize your voice, you know? There's just like a screen in darkness, you know? We'd be like... Is that you, Chad? You know, it's like, you, know, you would know. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, it's like, let's just go get coffee. Uh, anyway, uh, it, it is funny to think about. But, uh, so, we're jumping into this text, and uh, we're in John 18 this week. And we've sort of fast-forwarded. Uh, last week, we were in the washing of feet, right, which in John already is the sort of, the you're in the passion narrative. We're going to be in 18 for like a couple of weeks, I think, and then we're going to just slowly work our way to the end of the gospel. And uh, but it's interesting. So Peter's denial here, is sort of the the crux text in 18, the, the second part of 18, what we're in. And uh, and it's interesting. So unlike the other gospels, the trial and Peter's denial isn't uh, isn't before uh, the trial or, or after the trial, but Peter's denial is sort of intermingled with what's happening. There's sort of this back and forth. John sort of giving us kind of a cool little image here uh, in this scene. So uh, it's, it's right on the heels of Judas Judas's betrayal, right? Torches and pitchforks and, and all this stuff in the garden. And so things are getting real. And so uh, we're looking at this sort of denial of, of Peter. And, uh, you know, and, and, and we see this text and, and, and it's easy to forget for like who Peter is, right? And he's like, this is this is like Saint Peter. This is like walk on water, Peter. This is like Lord, wash me all over, Peter, right? This is uh, this is action, Jackson, Peter. You know, he's always in the mix, uh, right? Lord, I will never deny you, Peter, right? This is uh, the rock on which I will build my church, 
Peter, right? They call him the first pope. Uh, they, they, they call him the prince of the apostles. Like they, St. Peter's Basilica, Peter, uh, right? And by the time, like John 18 begins and Peter's like drawing his sword and lopping off ears. But by the end of this chapter, you get a, a, a starkly different, different image of, of this Peter, right? Very different Peter by the, by the end of 18. Uh, and so you're kind of like, well, what happened? Uh, what's changing? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, so verse 12, and I'm going to start there and sort of walk through some of this uh, a little bit. Verse 12, it says, Then the detachment of soldiers with its commander and the Jewish offici officials, uh, which your translation may say the, the police, like the temple police, arrested Jesus, and they bound him and brought him first to Anas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. And Caiaphas was uh, the one who had advised the Jewish leaders that it would be good if one man died for the people. <laughs> Convenient. Uh, Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. And uh, so and so John here in this particular text talks about this, uh, another disciple, and there's sort of like, in, obviously, ambiguity about who this other disciple is. Uh, whoever it is, he's got sort of like an in with the high priest's court. Uh, so it almost makes you think this is not maybe one of the twelve, but it's sort of just this other person who is a disciple of Christ, who, anyway, sort of has an end there, and it's interesting. But he, he went, um, because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard, but Peter had to wait outside at the door. But the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. Uh, and then you get verse 17, right? This first mile says, uh, you aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. And Peter says, I am not. Uh, this first denial. And so, uh, again, as we've been talking about, we were walking through John, Jesus has these sort of infamous I am statements, right, that we've been talking about some. And the, the last one just occurred earlier in this chapter, in, uh, in chapter 18 in the garden, uh, where they come, and it's like verse 4, you can see it, uh, who are you looking for? They answered. Uh, it's Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, they answered. Jesus replied, and literally, again, uh, a lot of times I'm translating I am he, but Jesus just says, I am. And Judas, who, who betrayed him, was standing with them, and when Jesus said to them, I am, they stepped back and fell to the ground, right? I love this. This is literally the only time in the Gospels where you'll see Jesus pull a bitty hint. You know, and they all just—they're they're down. They're down. They're down. And I, I love the image that, that John is painting here, just with his words. Uh, and so uh, he says, "I am." So remember, this is sort of the this is sort of the, the first person present tense name of God mic drop, right? Uh, where Jesus is like, "I, I am," right? Uh, the very name of God, uh, this sort of "I am," uh, uh, Yahweh, right, calls us. Uh, into this very present moment, that we are right here, that we are uh, right now uh, here, right? He says, I am, right? Here I am. See me, right? I'm, I'm standing right here before you. You, you, can't, you can't miss me. I, I, I've, I've been here the whole time, like completely, uh, completely open. Uh, literally, the words there uh, in the Greek are ego, I mean, uh, which is, I am, like it doesn't get more uh, simple than this. Uh, so then you get, so you get the woman's question back in the, the Peter narrative. And the woman's question in the Greek is the, 
it's it's formed of this sort of like interrogative participle, and which which it just means that 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 the way she words the question expects a negative answer, right? Uh, like, so we get like uh, you you aren't you aren't are you, right? And and so uh, already her her question gives Peter sort of like an easy easy out, right? Uh, no, no, I'm not. You know, it's, it's sort of a little bit easier, right? You aren't, are you? You aren't the disciple of that one, are you? No. No, I am not, right? He says, I am not. It's so cool if you begin to, to realize how John is sort of uh, painting this picture, right? He's setting up this dichotomy. Jesus says, I am. Uh, Peter says, I am not, right? So instead of, ego ami, uh, you sort of lop off that first one. He says, uk ami, right? I am not right, and so uh, literally the words of Peter's denial are the direct right antithesis of Jesus' words of self-identification, right? That 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 in the face of being taken and beaten and trialed and crucified, Jesus says, "I am." But in the face of being known as one of Jesus' disciples, Peter says, "I am not." Uh, so verse eighteen says, "It was cold, uh, and the servants." And uh, officials or temple police stood around the fire they had made to keep warm. And it says, Peter was also standing with them, warming himself. Uh, which is sort of just a little hint in the text that why would he even mention this, except that we uh, know that the, that the last person who stood with these people, uh, right, the, the, the servants and, and temple police and these officials, the last person who stood with them was Judas. And now the next person we find standing with these people is, is Peter in the text. Uh, verse 19. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teachings. And I love this. Jesus says, I have spoken openly to the world. Right? Uh, John paints this a little bit different than the synoptics. Right? He gives this sort of, uh, sort of like cosmos language. Like, Jesus has been, Jesus is like, I've been, I've spoken open to the world. Everyone has seen it. Right? Everyone has been witnesses. Right? All have seen. Nothing has been hidden. Uh, but then he gets more particular. He says, I always taught in the synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret, right? He's like, it's, it's, it's always been kosher, right? Nothing, nothing at this point have, have been hidden, right? Even the Jewish authorities have had their chance to see, right? It's, uh, it's like what we talked about a couple weeks ago uh, when, when, they, uh, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and then it says, some believed, uh, but some... <laughs> Some didn't and turned Jesus into the authority, right? Like, like how, how is that? Like, how did they miss it, right? And sort of a, a kind of a callback to, to what's this sort of weird thing that's been happening all through uh, the Gospel of John and this tension between Jesus and the Jews and they're not seeing it, right? And this sort of, this sort of clinging to life for them, the, the, this fear, uh, right? And insecurities and self-preservation. Uh, verse 21. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. Uh, and when Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby slapped him in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest? He demanded. Uh, and so uh, Jesus' very identity is tied in with this I am, right? This, this right here, I'm open before you. Nothing is secret. Nothing is hidden, right? It's all here. Uh, walk in the light, despite the consequences, right? This is who Jesus is. It's open, right? It's open. It's, it's visible, um, so in the Bible, when the Bible talks about judgment, 
it, it's not like it's not like a lot of what we think about judgment. It's not like Judge Judy, uh, you know. It, it, praise the Lord. Uh, but it's it's not like um, it's not it's 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 not like feeling judged. Or it's not like this the judge and jury sort of thing. But literally, when you talk about judgment in the Bible, you talk about uh, revelation. And this word revelation literally is, is like apocalypse, which means uh, to be made known, to uncover, to reveal, right? So that all things are made bare, right? That's what judgment is in the Bible, right? To to open up, to, to so that so that all will be seen, right? It's about a great uncovering, right? That's that's what judgment is. And uh, and so this God, the God who initiates this uncovering, right, is Himself, okay, uncovered, right, is Himself the essence of openness, right? So much so that when Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life," right, He actually means it, right? Because at His very essence, to be God is to be truth, is to be uncovered, is to be open, is to be right here, breathing among you, right, the I am. Right, uh, and so last uh, last Sunday uh, in in our discussion groups, Emily, one of the questions she had for us was, uh, it had something to do with you know, have you ever judged someone to be one way and then you found out that they were like another way, right? Um, because we all we all do this, right? It's like that you suspected them to be one way and then they were sort of uncovered and you realized that that they were not right, and you realize. You know, why you do these sorts of things is because we all bring our own stuff into every relationship and every encounter, right? That we all have our own baggage, right? And we're all walking into it like an airport, you know? And it's, and it's like, uh, and so, uh, like, I come into this relationship with all my own insecurities and all the stuff that's all going on, and I've, like, foiled the relationship before the relationship can begin, right? Because I've got all this baggage I'm bringing in. Like, would you hold this? And um, and it's just like, and, and, and so before I've even said hello, I've already looked at you and decided that you are a, a self-absorbed jabroni. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I've, I've already sort of decided that, that you're that you're this way, and and really you're you're not that way. But I'm I'm so messed up. <laughs> In myself, right? That that I'm already perceiving. I've already foiled it before it can uh, even begin, right? Jesus, uh, in his radical just healing and absolution, right, brings us into the light. The challenge for us has always been to be uh, to be the light, to be in the light, right? Uh, because that that <coughs> the difficult thing is is that always means sort of a cracking open. Uh, dealing with the stuff that is covered, right? The, the painful things, the broken memories, the, the bleeding relationships, right? It's, it's like raising the dead. But to raise the dead, as we know, means to like crack open the tomb to deal with a stinky, rotting body, right? And then to, in faith, right? Seriously, to, to like uncover it, okay? I mean, talk about some faith. Anyway, back to the text. Verse 23 said, If I said something wrong... Jesus replied, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Right? And you'll notice as earlier in the garden, the, the temple police, they're like convinced that, that force right, will bring Jesus in, into line. Right? They're, they're so convinced, that, they're convinced of that. It's interesting, again, uh, Jesus' response is only ever his words. His words right, are, are the arbiter uh, right of right or wrong, guilt or innocence, 
right? It's just his words. Uh, in, in verse 5 and 6, right, it was just his words, right, that they found themselves, you know. Uh, and so throughout this whole narrative, Jesus' words can't be robbed by their power uh, from anyone. Verse 25, Meanwhile, Simon Peter was standing there warming himself, and so they asked him, You aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied saying, I am not. Right? Second denial. Um, verse 26. So this is where it changes a little bit. It says, One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him, Didn't I see you with him in the garden? And, and, and so you see it changes a little bit. Uh, first of all, <laughs> uh, like th this guy happened to be in the garden, okay? So already like, you know, and, and then it says he is uh, like a relative of the guy that Peter had just like lopped his ear off of. Like, didn't I see you out in the garden, <laughs> like, like busted, you know? It's like, didn't you just like, wasn't that you, you know? And, and so the language uh, flips completely, right? So that his question presupposes a yes. Are you with me? This is like he's caught. Yeah, no, his, his question, like, you're the one, right? And, and so now this third denial has just this sort of added buoyancy to it. You know what I'm saying? It's like now he, he's really like, now it's the third time, but now it's like, you are the one, aren't you? Like, yeah. Now there's sort of this real admission to it. I am not. Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. I am not. I am not. I am not. I think... Man. I think Peter's denial is probably one of the scariest parts of the gospel. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's like, it's like that, that, that this is possible. That you can be this close to Jesus, that you can be Peter, and that this can happen, that you can still do this, right? That there is this other sort of betrayal that sort of sneaks even below your radar. You know what I'm saying? It's like... It's like we, that we would deny Jesus even in his most needed moment three times. Like, like that's scary. Like, that was in there. That was inside of me. I'm capable of, of doing that. Right? That was hidden away in me. I'm still afraid. Right? You know, in the season of Lent, there's this, that we're in now, there's this sort of heightened, heightened sense of, of spiritual tenacity or something, you know, discipline, morality, whatever, you know, we're, we're all uh, maybe or maybe not uh, more intentional about our spiritual disciplines and that sort of thing, be it fasting or praying or whatever. Uh, but in doing those things, you, you begin to realize a little bit just how much you are, mm, you know, untested in a, in a way, like how, how rare it is that any, any part of you, especially your spiritual life, is sort of pushed or tested, right, or tempted, and, uh, you know, it's like fasting, you know, you decide, it's Lent, I'm going to fast, like, what was the last time you fasted, and it's, and it's like, and it's like day one, uh, like 10 a.m., like, you just missed breakfast, you know what I'm saying, and, and it's like, I'm not going to make it, you know, you're like, like, it's not even second breakfast yet, and uh, you're like, I'm not, I'm not going to make it, Lord, you know, and, uh, 
And it's these sort of moments when you realize just how untested sometimes like the, that sort of faith journey, that spiritual journey really is, uh, you know, that, 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 I mean, Western Christianity, the most, you know, it's, it's a scary thing that, that we live in this sort of bubble, right, where it's, it's all fairly just untested, right? We sort of just get to live however comfortable we want with it all, and there's no one, you know, outside of the church, uh, Lord help us, right? There's there's no other sort of like anything really just forcing you into anything, right? See, Judas' betrayal of Jesus is is much more dramatic, isn't it? It's this very dramatic action, uh, you know. P- Peter, but Peter's denial, Peter's denial is like haunting. You know what I'm saying? Judas's betrayal bears this testimony there's this overarching drama of good versus evil in the universe right this sort of cosmic play out of Jesus life and death right but but Peter's denial it is it's like this subtle betrayal it's like this this subtle betrayal it occupies this gray area you know marked by compromise and, and acquiescence to personal expediency right and self-protection and fear Right, but the fact of St. Peter's denial here reveals the truth that, that none of us right are are beyond temptation. That at the end of the day, that, that we actually interesting, we're all as it happens human, right? And that, that God continues to redeem us. Okay, but you know, and, and, and we think of like final judgment, and and we fear those words that get thrown around like. Where, where you come before Christ and he says, I never knew you, right? Get away from me, I never knew you kind of, kind of moment. And, and, I, and I can't help but begin to wonder if, if those words, right, if, if not, ironically, it's, Jesus, it, it's not because Jesus denies to be with us because we are this sinful, dirty people that he can't stand to look at, Right? rather than because we've already sort of made the decision to deny Jesus, right? You know, we often, we preach this passage a lot as this sort of warning about denying Christ, and it usually unfolds in this sort of post-apocalyptic scenario where there's an antichrist, he's got the gun pointed at your head, you know, deny your God, you know, and and, and not to belittle it because, uh, you know, there is such a thing as Christian martyrs who have lost their lives in such, you know, scenarios. But I, but I wonder today, and I ask today, that, that in the secret hidden thoughts and places and actions of our own uh, individual lives, right, do, you, do we deny Christ by our unwillingness sometimes to just do the work of what it means to be Christian? to do the work of, of what it means to be a disciple, right? To feed and to heal and to love, right? That we have denied Christ even by our actions, right? This sort of subtle betrayal. Are you with me? That, that we denied to go with Christ from the garden all the way to the cross, right? That we weren't willing to make that journey <coughs> from the garden and stay with him, you know, to the cross. There's this parable uh, about... Uh, it's it's the it's the setting. So it is what if uh, what if Christianity were illegal, and uh, and I love this parable, and it's about this guy who who gets arrested, and he's brought before the court, and he's a he's a pastor, 
and uh, he's very scared, he's worried, I mean, this could be a life sentence, right? It could even mean death. And, uh, and so eventually he's brought before the judge and the prosecution and they have this big defense against him. And they're bringing out all the evidence and they've got, they've got all his religious books, they've got all his DC Talk albums and his gospel music, like it's there, you know. They have recordings of him being in church. They found his, his sermons and all this stuff. And, uh, and then they sort of like drop the gauntlet, right? They bring out his Bible, Right and 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 his Bible is like it's like a real Bible. You know what I'm saying? And I brought my old one to share today. And, and it's like it's leather bound. It's falling apart. There are underlinings and highlights and notes in the margin. Right. And so it's like oh they they've got me now. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and so the evidence is presented and this guy is doing everything he can to keep it together. But he keeps thinking to himself like he's about to lose it. He's just about to stand up and cry and renounce Jesus and run out of the courtroom, you know. Uh, but he doesn't. He, he stays quiet, right? He's a, he's a strong guy, right? He's a strong guy. Uh, and when the judge finally asks him if he has anything to say, he just, he doesn't say anything, right? He just remains quiet. And so after a while, he's led outside the courtroom for about 30 minutes. Uh, and they're sort of deliberating. And they bring him back in. They put him back in the hot seat. And, and the judge finally stands up and he says, Of the charges brought against this man, I find the accused not guilty. Right? And sort of this just wash of relief that goes over the guy. Right? But then suddenly all the fear and trepidation turns into just confusion and anger. <laughs> you know, right? And, and sort of beside, despite himself, he says, you know, What do you mean I'm innocent? Right? And uh, the judge says, I don't see any evidence of faith or Christianity here. Right? And the man says, well, what about all my books? And what about the, my, my music and the times I've preached and the times I've wept with people and, and prayed with people? The, the nights I've, I've stayed up all night pouring over the Bible. Right? And the judge just looks confused and says, you know, I don't see anything here that warrants a charge. Right? Your, your sermons, they show that you're, you're a preacher. You're a poet, right? Your journals, they just, you know, you like to write. It's clearly you, you like to write, you know. And, and, and the judge says, you know, maybe you've fooled other people. And, 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 and maybe you've even fooled yourself. But until you live as Christ lived, until you out your body to the flames, until you give yourself to your neighbor, I don't see any reason to charge you. And the man leaves. I think the cool thing about this, this story with Peter is that, is that it doesn't end there, right? If you follow the gospel through, like John doesn't leave it there, right? Like almost right before the gospel ends in, in chapter 21, uh, Jesus and John have this sort of, I mean, Peter and Jesus have this this uh, reconciliation moment, you know, do you love me, right? Uh, you know, so, sometimes it's just that, uh, wrapping up here this morning, sometimes it's just that maybe we've, we've messed up, right? We've, we've ran back into the fear factory, like we've dived back into monkey brain, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, fight or flight, right? Um, insecurities, fear, worries, right? Run for your lives. Uh, but the cool thing about Jesus is Jesus is always like, hey, 
all right, you know, let's get back on the horse. <laughs> Do you love me? Let's, let's keep going, right? I haven't denied you, so don't deny me. Let's, let's, let's do this thing, right? And, and so I can't help but wonder if the real danger this morning isn't that we fall short, right? But perhaps uh, that we never see or, or own up uh, to the fact that, that we have fallen short. That, that we have at some point denied, right? Even three times or, or more, right? That the, that the greatest danger this morning is that maybe we even fool ourselves. Right? Are you with me? Until you've lived as Christ, until you've outed your body to the flames, right? Until you've given yourself to your neighbor, right? This morning, when our lives are made bare uh, with and in Jesus Christ, and when you are asked, Are you one of his disciples? This morning, may we say, May you say, I am. Let's pray. Lord, thank you uh, this morning that even in a moment of stumbling and suffering and struggle, Lord, of your disciples, that we can learn more about what it means to faithfully follow you. And even in moments where we find ourselves denying you even by our lifestyle, God, um, that we can remember that you're calling us back, that we can get back on this thing, Lord, and that we find ourselves bearing testimony and witness, Lord, to your kingdom and to your truth, even by our actions, Lord, that our stories and that our hands and our feet Lord, in the way that we love in the world bears testimony that we are your disciple, Lord, and that that cannot be denied. So we give you thanks this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.